This is MPN. Welcome to Movie Matchup. I'm Casey. And I'm Grace. A podcast where we talk in-depth about two movies with a common theme, and at the end, we'll talk about menu items you could enjoy while watching your movie marathon. Grace, what is this week's theme? This week's theme is post-Halloween Halloween. Halloween. Yay! Yay. (laughs) Um, Basically, these are movies that, well, I actually personally like to watch after Halloween in order to sort of transition into the rest of the holiday season. <laughs> so I have trouble letting go of Halloween. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our first movie um, is The Nightmare Before Christmas. And the plot is from IMDb. Jack Skellington, the pumpkin king of Halloween Town, is bored by doing the same thing every year for Halloween. One day he stumbles into Christmas Town. And he is so taken with the idea of Christmas that he tries to get the resident bats, ghouls, and goblins of the Halloween town to help him put on Christmas instead of Halloween. But alas, they can't quite get it right. And our second movie is Adam's Family Values, which actually came out the same year as Nightmare Before Christmas. And Adam's Family Values, uh, the members of the odd Adam's family are up to more macabre antics in this sequel, this time around, Gomez Adams and his wife Morticia are celebrating the arrival of a baby boy, but siblings Wednesday and Pugsley are none too happy about the new addition and try their best to eliminate the infant. When nanny Debbie Jelinski appears to keep the kids in line, her presence leads to an unexpected treacherous twist. And so The Nightmare Before Christmas, you can find this on Disney+. Plus. That's where I watched it. It might also be on, on Prime, but yeah. So... All right, so the movie starts with uh, voiceover. I'm just going to say the voiceover um, because that's easier. More Casey acting. (laughs) (laughs) T'was a long time ago. (laughs) Longer now than it seems in a place that perhaps you've seen in your dreams for the story that you are about to be told took place in the holiday worlds of old. Now you've probably wondered where holidays come from. If you haven't, I'd say it's time you begun. And we are in a forest and we are like panning over trees and we see all these trees that have different um, like holiday icons on their trunks. Right, yeah. And this one has a jack-o'-lantern on it and then we go into the jack-o'-lantern tree. Um, and this movie is a musical. So like other musicals, the songs kind of like inform you about how the characters are feeling and help to push along the, the plot and these definitely definitely do that as they were yeah i forgot how much of this movie was in music form actually yeah the... <laughs> like there's there is dialogue outside of the music but it's it's less than i remembered <laughs> yeah it's funny also because the songs were written first before there was a script oh, so like danny okay. elfman had to write the songs and then it was just like all right so kind of like what are you trying to get across and then he would write the song so then he would just like move on to the next one so i'm wondering if the rest of the story was just kind of built in like around like the around actual the yeah but um, they they did a very good job with it i'd have to say better than like singing in the rain did with that i love singing in the rain but you know, <laughs> moses supposes does not fit it doesn't, it doesn't matter it's a great it's a great number but it doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> okay 
So then our first song is This is Halloween, and this is going to inform us of Halloween Town. So we see all the townspeople, like mummies, witches, and vampires, introducing themselves and um, their town of Halloween. Um, we also see Oogie Boogie for the first time, but you don't know it's Oogie oh. Boogie. Yeah. Uh, and, okay, his lines, which are, I think work very well, like, with, within the, the film for, like, who he's going to be later and stuff like that. But it's not something that I normally think of as scary. So he says, I am the shadow on the moon at night, filling your dreams to the brim with fright. And I don't really worry about moon shadows. Moon shadows. <laughs> but anyway, but it, it works, you know, like, for... Look, it needed to rhyme. Yes. <laughs> For the gambling villain that Oogie Boogie is, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they do have like a line where it says, Tender lumplings everywhere. Life's no fun without a good scare. That's our job, but we're not mean in our town of Halloween. Which I feel like really gets Mm -hmm. across like the idea uh, of kind of like how the characters are. Like they're not evil characters, but they are, you know, like like dark characters and they enjoy... um, There, there yeah. were still a few characters that I remember as a kid did scare me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. The clown with the tearaway face. Was ah, yes, <laughs> yes. Terrifying. Yeah, as he would be. Yeah. <laughs> I am the clown with the tearaway face. Yeah. And he has this, like, super deep voice. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> so um, their pumpkin king is Jack Skellington. Uh, voiced by, in his speaking voice, Chris Sarandon, who is Prince Hubbardink of The Princess Bride. And Halloween has just ended, so Jack and the mayor are congratulating each other on another successful Halloween. Yay. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and Sally is voiced by our recent Emmy winner, Catherine Ooh. O'Hara, for playing Moira Rose. <laughs> and she is like a stitched together corpse. Woman. Yeah, she's like a like Frank, of like a Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Yeah, meets Ragdoll, I guess. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, so she wants to participate in the holiday fun, uh, but the evil scientist Doctor Finkelstein, Finkelstein, that's the thing is, it's like Frankenstein. Yeah. They never say it. Just cut this out. The evil. Scientist. <laughs> Leave it in, right? <laughs> Anyway, Sally would like to participate uh, in the yeah. holiday fun, but the evil scientist will not let her. And so she pulls at like the stitching of her arm and her arm falls off and she gets to, she runs away. Yeah. And then they start handing out awards, which I think is a fun idea for the little town that they each like, they have an award ceremony after Halloween for the different people um, <laughs> of Halloween town. Did you ever participate in one of those when you were a kid? No. Like some sort of Halloween party where you got to like... Uh, an award for costumes or something like that was that a thing <laughs> was that my a th- church did it <laughs> although maybe that was weird i don't know i guess some churches don't even celebrate halloween because it's like the devil or something like that but did you ever win anything i got best female monster when i went as oddly enough wednesday Adams. <laughs> oh <laughs> well congratulations thank you <laughs> We're going to have to put a picture of that up, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm excited to see little Grace as Wednesday. <laughs> so Jack sneaks off during the award ceremony, and he's singing uh, about how he's really great at scaring people, but it's the same thing year after year, and he longs for something new. And Sally hears uh, his song, and he has a very cute 
little ghost dog named Zero <laughs> that floats around. I gotta say, uh, you know, when I was but I, prior to this year, I always felt like Jack's issues were kind of petty about you know being bored basically with Halloween. Mm -hmm. But having lived a year in which time is meaningless and every yeah. day is the same, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> one after the other after the other. Now I get it. So yeah, yeah. I guess that's the thing is you don't always love everything that you're you're good at. And from the outside, it's like, but you're so good at something mm -hmm. that how can you not be happy doing it? But I, I guess if it's if it's you, yeah. yeah. Sally goes back to the evil scientist uh, to collect her arm. And we learn that he has made her in a Frankenstein situation, Frankenstein way. Yeah. She's poisoned him three times in the past month, so they don't have a good relationship. <laughs> And she, like Jack, is restless with her life. The mayor goes to, to see Jack to plan Halloween for the next year, even though it's only the day after. And he, <laughs> he rings the, he pulls the, the doorbell and it screams, which is something that I feel like these two films, it's the kind of thing that they would have in common, that it's just like right. you pull the doorbell and there's like a, a scream. Like the, I feel like the, the tone is the same. <laughs> and it's going to be, you know, the most horrible Halloween yet. Uh, but Jack is like wandering in the woods and he's been wandering all night and he stumbles upon all the holiday, the, the trees with the holiday doors on them and he sees the Christmas door and he opens it and he gets like blown in. So then we get What's This, the song What's This and Jack has found Christmas Town and he's amazed and he's excited <laughs> by all the Christmas traditions. It's such a Christmassy song too. <laughs> yes. like they're... I feel like they really nail the tone of the holidays with the songs and mm -hmm. that's probably one of the reasons why this movie is still so beloved, um, you know, so many years later because it's just, you hear, you know, the Halloween song at the beginning and it's instant Halloween and you hear What's This and it's instant Christmas. Yeah, so yes, I have like, there are children throwing snowballs here instead of throwing heads. <laughs> They're busy building toys and absolutely no one's dead. <laughs> Which I, you know, is exciting, it's I guess. Perfect transition, really. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then back in Halloween Town, everyone is looking for Jack. Sally's planning to poison the scientist again. Uh, and they do a, a fun thing where he wants her to taste his soup to make sure that it's not poisoned, which it totally is. Mm -hmm. But she uses a spoon uh, that has holes in it, so the soup just, like, goes through the spoon, and so then he drinks it, and he gets poisoned again. And they're I all, was kind you know, of thinking of uh, the Tingler as well during that scene, because in, in both movies you have uh, the woman attempting to poison mm -hmm. uh, the man, and he thinks he sees through them. <laughs> <laughs> And does something to get in the way, but they have already anticipated that he will see yes. through them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then Jack comes back and he tries to tell them all about Christmas Town, but they don't quite get it. Not really. Yeah. But, but they do like the idea of the king of Christmas Town named Sandy Claus. <laughs> And he uh, he try he reads he tries to read a book about the scientific method to explain Christmas, which still doesn't totally work. Uh, I do always I've always enjoyed the the line that the evil scientist says to Sally when he says, "You've poisoned me for the last time." <laughs> I don't know why I always enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, so he locks Sally away uh, in like a ta like an evil tower situation. Jack goes to the evil scientist to get materials. He doesn't know that the scientist is so mean to Sally, by the way, yeah. just to just to say. 
but he goes to the scientist to like get different uh like materials um things to, ex- to run these experiments on christmas to figure them out he like squishes ho- holly with a microscope he boils a candy cane and it just like ruins it it becomes like a limp noodle he's just doing random crap <laughs> yeah no it's it's, like, it's not science like it's science it's but it's like not how science. science works jack <laughs> no no science is not i cut a paper snowflake and it turns into a spider and he like cuts out so yeah what, what does he put in like the jar that he boils and it like glows i know so he takes a christmas ornament off of a tree he squishes it and puts it in um it's not is it a garage it's not a graduated cylinder but it's it's like in boiling the like or yes and it just starts like pulsating and glowing over and over again <laughs> that's the only one that that's like this does not make sense um and he, he's just like but what does it mean? Yeah, he's going <laughs> to figure like, it out. He's yeah, going to You have to have uh, some idea of what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. He's going to get to the bottom of this Christmas thing. <laughs> so Sally jumps out the window and she just falls to pieces, but she stitches herself back together. Meanwhile, Jack does Christmas math uh, <laughs> on the board, which I really enjoyed. And Sally drops off a uh, like a food basket to him. And then she picks a flower and it like turns Christmassy for a second, like a tree. And then it just sets itself on fire. Mm. What does it mean? Um, <laughs> so we have Jack's obsession song and everybody's singing like something's up with Jack. And the, um, so Jack does, ends up deciding like in this song that he can do this Christmas thing. He can do this. So he decides he's going to pass. Yeah. He, he doesn't understand it, but he's going to take over. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he passes out gifts to the different, like, townspeople. I enjoy. He, like, gives the vampires a baby doll, which it just cries like a normal baby would. And they're like, what kind of noise is this for a baby to make? <laughs> and he says, perhaps it can be improved. And then they just, they wander off. Jack tells uh, the evil scientist that he needs reindeer. So the evil reindeer is going to provide reindeer for his sleigh. And he has to correct the mayor, like I said earlier, when he says uh, horrible instead of how jolly their Christmas is going to be. And then Jack uh, summons Boogie's Boys. He has a secret job for Lock, Shock, and Barrel, which is Danny Elfman, Catherine O'Hara again, and Paul Rubens. Oh, I didn't know they they played the... The kids. In this. <laughs> yeah. So he tells them not to tell Oogie Boogie, uh, but they are going to kidnap Sandy Claus. They lie and they say that they won't. But yeah, so that they're going to kidnap him so that Jack can uh, replace Sandy Claus. But yes, they have their own plan, uh, which is to do this. But then in the end, they're going to plan to have like Oogie Boogie take over Halloween, to- Halloween Town. And it's probably like the, the lyrics of this song might be my favorite as the kids mm-hmm. as, the, as the kids sing, because um, they had like kidnap the Santa Claus, lock him up real tight, <laughs> throw away the king, and then turn off all the lights. <laughs> like they're just they're little menaces. It's so cute. Yeah, it's very cute, and they are such the ultimate like mischief making trick or treaters. I feel like mm-hmm. yeah. So Jack hires Sally to make his Sandy Claus outfit and Lock, Shock, and Barrel come back and they have stolen the Easter Bunny. So they have to go back to now actually (laughs) try and get Santa. It's such a cute Easter Bunny though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Jack recruits the town to help with the Christmas prep. 
So they make presents like ducks with bloody bullet holes or a scorpion inside of nesting dolls. Right. Uh, and the duck and a cat toy that we see are nods to Tim Burton's Batman Returns. And then there's also a shrunken head and what looks like a sandworm that are nods to mm. Beetlejuice <laughs> in it. But while Halloween Town is getting ready for Christmas, Christmas Town is also prepping, as they would like for the holiday holiday at the yeah. same time. Um, so then, the evil scientist has made the skeleton reindeer for Jack. Sally's concerned that something will go wrong uh, with him taking over Christmas, but he doesn't really—he's not really concerned with it. He's just, you know, he's uh, just—he's—he's he's so used to being the king of Halloween Town, mm-hmm. it does not even occur to him that maybe this is not his thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think he just, he wants something new, like, so much yeah. also. And it's like, he doesn't fully understand it, but he's just going to, just going to try it. He just wants the hubris. to. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm just going to kidnap this guy and just going to take over his job. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be so happy. <laughs> yeah. So Lock, Shock, and Barrel kidnap the actual Santa Claus. They take him to Oogie Boogie's lair where there's like a black light roulette wheel gambling yeah okay yeah i was trying to figure out how this ties in as well yes (laughs) to like the whole halloween thing and i feel like you could maybe get there through like halloween to voodoo to like gambling maybe (laughs) okay okay all right kind of or vices at least yeah (laughs) All right, that works because honestly, I I could not explain it. Yeah, how do we get from uh, Oogie Boogie Man filled with bugs to gambling? I, you know. <laughs> okay. So then, the reindeer can't see in the fog, so Christmas is almost ruined. But no. Zero has a very shiny nose. It it's possible <laughs> you could even say it glows. <laughs> And he guides Jack's sleigh that night. So then we have Sally's song. She's worried again that something is gonna bad is going to happen, and she also admits that she has feelings for Jack. I like Sally's song. It's a it's an underrated mm-hmm. song. That yeah. So Jack delivers gifts. The police immediately start getting complaints about the toys attacking the children. <laughs> And then it kind of reminds me also like with because that's where like the snake is and stuff like that. It reminds me of Disneyland, how the haunted mansion is taken over at Christmas, oh, yeah. you know, at Christmas time. With it's interesting too. I just noticed this in this watch that they I don't think they ever show any adult spaces in Christmas Town. Oh, I think you only ever see the kids. You see adults from the back, or you see them in shadow. Um, the like policeman is like in shadow in, in his in his little car in the. Uh, like newscasters like filmed from like a weird angle um i'm I'm not i'm curious i guess it's just because maybe just because christmas is such a more magical holiday for kids yeah i guess maybe there's a little bit of charlie brown in there i don't know influence (laughs) that's interesting the news uh says that an imposter is mocking and mangling this joyous holiday the townspeople are all cheering <laughs> in Halloween town because they think this is great. Uh, yeah. The military units have, are coming in to like stop Jack. 
So Sally's going to try to help him. They're firing weapons at him while he's like up in the sky in the sleigh. But he thinks that they're celebrating and thanking him <laughs> by trying to shoot him out of the sky. Oh, Jack. <laughs> so Sally goes to uh, Oogie Boogie's to rescue Santa. One of the cannons, meanwhile, hits Jack's sleigh and he falls out of the sky. The mayor of Halloween Town announces Jack's death. Um, and that there's like there's been no sign of Santa Claus, and so Christmas has been canceled. So everything's terrible everywhere. Yeah. And Jack just wanted to bring them something great. He did his best. Uh, but he he realizes that this is not his thing, and he's decided to embrace being the Pumpkin King again. Oogie Boogie has both Santa and Sally held hostage. Jack wants to save Christmas. He tries to rescue them, and he goes into Oogie Boogie's gambling-themed lair, which is kind <laughs> of like a Birds of Prey situation, I feel oh, yeah. like, for a little fight in there. <laughs> There's, like, you know, gunfighter slot machines and stuff but um he pulls oogie's thread and then bugs fall out of him he <laughs> is just made of bugs on the inside and they fall into like a hot vat and then yeah. santa leaves to go and save christmas so santa takes all the scary gifts away and replaces them with regular gifts jack is back um to being like who he is or being happy with who he is Santa flies over and says happy Halloween and Jack responds and says Merry Christmas and then snow falls on Halloween town <laughs> and everyone plays in the snow and the signs scientist- cries of what's this <laughs> yes yes and uh Santa uh, Santa the scientist the evil scientist has made a new nurse for himself so he has a replacement so he doesn't need Sally anymore and Jack and Sally admit that they have feelings for each other and they kiss in the moonlight and then a single star twinkles Aww. That's very nice. So this movie was nominated for visual effects. And there were 100 artists and technicians that spent over three years working on it. Uh, they used 20 sound stages and had 230 sets. Um, because it is like a 24 frames per second, like that's how, you know, film works. So they had 24 poses for every second of film. Um, and it took one week to complete every minute of film in the movie. Wow. Uh, and then the idea for Halloween Town, like what they were going for, was kind of like a German expressionist, like Dr. Seuss kind of feel. And then when you're in Christmas Town, they wanted like a very normal feel. So I feel like, you know, you don't get any like weird angles or anything like that. Everything has to yes. seem very normal. Everything's very round and symmetrical. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then uh, Vincent Price was originally cast to play Santa Claus, but unfortunately for health reasons, they had to recast the role. Aww. So, yeah. So that is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> the next movie in our matchup is Adam's Family Values, which is obviously the second uh, of the Adam's Family movies. So if you haven't seen the first one, I don't know. Do you really feel like you need to watch the first one before you watch this? You probably don't, but they're both on Prime, and they're both, you know, very easy, fun watches, so you can yes, just watch are. them both. Yeah. They're great. Um, so we start off with the family all at home, sort of everybody doing their own thing. Fester is howling at the moon. Wednesday and Pugsley are uh, burying their uh, not-dead cat. Lurch <laughs> um, <laughs> is playing the organ, and Gomez is having an arm-wrestling match with Thing. 
and um, and then Morticia goes into labor. Uh, and so they rush her to the hospital, and this just these great shots of Morticia while she's in labor, um, <laughs> just completely at ease. Yeah, uh, the Carl lighting. Asks her if she's in unbearable pain, and she says, "Oh yes." <laughs> And they have the lighting on her face, like so it just like illuminates her eyes, like yes, yeah. so, and it, that's something that pops up throughout the rest of the movie, which yeah. is apparently um, I, I was looking into this, and apparently uh, Angelica Houston, who plays Morticia, um, had at the time in her contract that she needed to have a, like a key light on her all, at all times because she had been in a movie where she had horrible lighting and she was like really upset about how she looked in that movie. And so by this time she was a big enough name that she could specify in her contract how her lighting should be. And so the directors just kind of ran with it and decided to just go like <laughs> with this extreme, like sort of film noir, almost vampire, yeah. I guess, like lighting for her throughout the whole movie. Like even when she's standing next to Gomez, she has yeah. this, like light right across her eyes. It's great. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So she has the baby. It's in Adams. (laughs) Um, And uh, we see that it's it's got like, uh, it's basically kind of looks like a tiny little Gomez. He's got like (laughs) Uh little flat hair and a tiny little baby mustache. Very cute. They put him in a nursery with um, like a mobile made out of knives. Yes. Oh, this is one of my other favorite lines was the family's gathering around and like looking at the baby. Uh, Gomez says, he has my father's eyes. <laughs> Gomez, take those out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I have that written down also. It's really funny. Yeah. So the uh, other two children, Wednesday and Pugsley, are not very excited about this, having the new baby uh, in the family. Um, and they go about finding a way to murder the baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it sounds harsh, but that's essentially what they're trying to do. <laughs> I mean, that's also, it, it It does sound really harsh. And I feel like you kind of think, like, why don't Gomez and Morticia stop them? But it is the whole attitude and, like, lifestyle that they've built that yes, these things just, aren't odd. Yeah, how the atoms are. Yeah. <laughs> they are somehow invincible, so it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. But still, it is a bit of a problem. And um, uh, Gomez has a, a talk with Morticia, and she's, feeling a little overwhelmed, I think, by new motherhood. She says, she's just like any other modern woman trying to have it all. Just, I wish I had more time to seek out the dark forces and join their hellish crusade. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they decide to hire a nanny to help out. (laughs) Um, And we get, oh, first, uh, Cynthia Nixon uh, shows up as the first (laughs) option. Um, and it's just sort of a, a hippie nanny. Um, and they go through a few different ones that don't quite work before. Uh, Joan Cusack arrives, uh, playing Debbie Delinsky. And, um, she says that the, uh, the, like, nanny service sent her, even though they had said that they were all out of, of, uh, nannies for them. But, um, hmm. I guess they were wrong. <laughs> um, and then we get, uh, oh, uh, sorry, another great line when she meets Gomez. She says, isn't he a lady killer? And he says, acquitted. <laughs> I have all of these written down. Okay. <laughs> um, and then they introduce the baby, whose name, by the way, is Pubert. Uh-huh. 
Um, <laughs> and she says, pubert. I love it. It's filthy. <laughs> uh, so Debbie is hired. Uh, and it's also quite clear that Fester uh, is into her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so immediately after Debbie's been hired, we see her watching a television program at home um, where they are outlining uh, her, who is the Black Widow, and she's killed uh, three different husbands at this point in her life um, for their money. Uh, but the money always runs out, so she's on the look for another husband to... to uh, Kill, I guess. Can't think of a word. Steal, yeah, kill. steal his money and murder. <laughs> Wednesday is immediately suspicious of Debbie, and Debbie wants to get rid of her. So she tells uh, Morticia and Gomez that the kids really, really, really want to go to summer camp, um, but they're nervous to tell them and that they shouldn't listen if they tell them that they don't want to go to summer camp because they actually really, really want to go. <laughs> uh, and so they bring them to camp, Um and this is where uh, Wednesday and Pugsley are going to spend most of the rest of the movie, actually. <laughs> we meet Mercedes McNabb, who was actually in the first movie, also yes. as um, the Girl Scout. But she's back again yeah. <laughs> as uh, Wednesday's sort of foil for this uh, whole movie. And uh, Dave Krumholtz is there as well. Oh, can we also say that the uh, little girl is... Harmony from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Harmony from Buffy. Yeah. Wednesday is immediately not fitting in very well amongst uh, all the others in summer camp. Um, <laughs> were there any lines that you wanted to go over? Oh, there, there weren't any right there. I do have okay. some late. There's, I definitely have things written down okay. later, though. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so um, Gomez is on to the fact that um, Fester is into um, Debbie, and so he's decided to try to help him. So they're doing uh, swim lessons at um, at the camp, and they're going to uh, practice saving uh, each other from drowning. Mercedes McNabb as Amanda volunteers uh, to be the victim, and <laughs> Wednesday says, all your life. Um, <laughs> so he jumps in and... Uh, Play acts at drowning, at which point Wednesday says that she can't swim. So, <laughs> uh, Meanwhile, Gomez and Morticia are taking uh, Debbie and Fester out on sort of a double date to sort of help uh, set them up. And we get this great tango scene mm-hmm. with Gomez and Morticia <laughs> where um, yeah, it's kind of similar, I guess, to in the first movie. We get a, we get a dancing scene with Gomez and uh, Fester, but um, it's a little cartoony and a little outrageous, yeah. but it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah. And we're just sort of going back and forth between the camp at this point, and, and Gomez and Morticia, after their uh, little double date, Debbie sort of makes her play for Fester, and she tells him that she's in love with him, um, but that she's a virgin, and she doesn't want to uh, have sex with him until their wedding night. So, shock, they are now engaged. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, I want to talk about how great Joan Cusack is in this role Yes. Well. Uh, playing this sort of like honeypot character because I feel like I've never seen her in that role elsewhere. No, yeah, it's not like the normal role that she plays. Uh, yeah, she very often I, I feel like either plays a nerd or sort of just plays a, a kind of like every woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if that makes sense. So this is like way far out there for her, but um, 
she does a great job and maybe it's because it's it's like a, a comedic version of that character like she can go kind of outrageous with it yeah. but uh i just think she's so fun yeah she is <laughs> uh wednesday gets the news in the mail that they are engaged and she's very upset because she's you know still very suspicious of debbie she uh gets into it with some of the other campers and refuses to group hug <laughs> with them <laughs> so she is sent to the harmony hut uh, Dave Crumholtz as Joel is uh, is there as well. Oh, we get a nice uh, moment where he screams at a Michael Jackson poster, which I feel like maybe works even better now than it did at the time. <laughs> and um, they try to break out, and but they're they're caught at the fence, and then um, the rest of the campers sing "Kumbaya" at them, and it's uh, very disturbing. <laughs> so there's a moment okay so they're gonna yeah. they're trying to get through and yeah. david crummel's as joel says be careful tetanus and we had just watched 10 things i hate about you where they go to the bar and he hits the thing out of joseph gordon levitt's hand he's like hepatitis like, it's, it's like so this is his thing like he's just worried all the time yeah um <laughs> Yeah, that's that makes sense. <laughs> oh, and back at the uh, back with Fester and the rest of them, they're having a sort of um, bachelor party for him, and they bring out a big big cake uh, that um, <laughs> you expect a dancer to <clears throat> jump out of, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and then nothing happens, and so they go and they look in the cake, and Gomez says, "That poor girl, Lurch, was she in there before you baked?" <laughs> Which is just, it's funny because, you know, when they commit murder, it's just a, it's just a jolly good time. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's an inconvenience that Lurch baked the cake with her in it beforehand. Wednesday and uh, Joel are getting closer. And so she asks him to come uh, back with her. She gets, she has like a day pass or something to go to the wedding, uh, Uncle Fester's wedding. And he comes with her. Um, And I think... He's, like, wearing a yarmulke at the wedding as they're, like, playing uh, Sunrise Sunset, I think, while, <laughs> while she walks down the aisle, which I just thought was a nice touch. <laughs> so, uh, Cousin It uh, oversees the proceedings, by the way, at the wedding, and, and Debbie is clearly a little bit um, thrown off <laughs> by the beeping. Um <laughs> Yeah, that they have, but they do get married, and then they go on their honeymoon. At which time, Debbie wastes wastes no time, and their uh, their wedding night uh, attempts to kill Fester by electrocuting him in a bathtub um, with a like a stereo, uh, which does not work, of course, because he's Fester. <laughs> yeah, and so after like all the lights have busted and she's done her whole evil laugh thing. Uh, He's got his little uh, light bulb in his mouth uh, doing the, the lighting trick that he can do. And she's clearly perturbed. Yes. <laughs> that, that her attempt to kill him did not work. <laughs> and he is clueless that she is perturbed by this because he thinks that she dropped the uh, stereo into the tub accidentally. So Yes, that like she would be right. in a bad mood because she almost killed him. Yes. And not that it's like, no, you didn't die. <laughs> Um, so, uh, he's very excited about the wedding night, and so Debbie decides to change tracks, and she tells him that if, uh, 
she has sex with him, then he can never see his family again. Um, her reasoning for this doesn't really hold up, but it doesn't, I don't know if it really matters. Completely Fester once <laughs> does not really care. He's not much. thinking clearly at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, Wednesday gets a letter from Uncle Fester that uh, he can never see them again. Um, we have a, a very fun scene where Pugsley accidentally shoots a bald eagle. <laughs> <laughs> They're just having a great time at camp. And <laughs> there's arrows at every camp like they they're constantly doing archery at every camp where was that yeah. where you was n- that? you never did archery at camp that was not available at I mean I guess I went to fine arts camp so maybe archery wasn't a priority oh. there but like no. I want to do archery let's do archery <laughs> I know archery was offered at my camp I don't think I ever did it because I didn't have much upper body strength and so I just figured it wouldn't be a good time for me <laughs> I suppose that's true. Maybe it just looks good, and if I try it, I'm gonna be like, "Oh, this doesn't, this doesn't work how I want it to." No. <laughs> I just hurt myself. So uh, Debbie decides that since uh, Fester is so hard to kill, and she's gonna be have to see him uh, <laughs> for a while before she figures this out to give him a makeover, and it is the most awkward makeover that anyone has ever been given. Uh. <laughs> oh, Gomez is clearly very upset about Fester. It's, it's a little bit of a retread of the the plot from the first movie, mm-hmm. I will say. Um, I still really enjoy this movie. I, I don't think it quite suffers from, you know, the so, sort of sequelitis of, like, let's do the first movie again, you know, yeah. <laughs> but bigger or whatever, um, because there's enough, enough different happening with, like, Wednesday and everybody else. Um, but it is interesting that, like, Fester is being separated from the family is, is sort of a main... Uh, plot point of both movies yes yeah and like going after their money yeah trying to yeah uh so they're planning the thanksgiving pageant and um <laughs> uh, mercedes McNabb is is cast as like the the lead role uh pilgrim and all basically all of the nerds and minorities are being cast as the native american indians um because these counselors are terrible <laughs> yes yeah they go and uh, to uh, confront Fester and um, and Debbie, and uh, Debbie won't let Fester see them at all. Uh, we get a great line from Morticia. She says, you, you placed Fester under some strange sexual spell. I respect that. Yes. <laughs> and then right after that, do you have the what she says like right after that written no, down? Because she says, you have married Fester. You have destroyed his spirit. You have taken him from us. All that I can forgive. But Debbie pastels <laughs> oh so great yeah. <laughs> she turns them away uh gomez goes to the cops and we get a little nathan lane cameo there playing the yes. cop yeah this um, has like a crazy cast because like christine Baranski yeah. <laughs> and peter mcnichol also played like the crazy camp counselors yes i yes. couldn't believe how many famous people were in this movie the Wednesday, Pugsley and Joel got trying to call the FBI, and so they're brought back to the the Harmony Hut or whatever it's called, um, and they're subjected to Disney movies, musicals, and the Brady Bunch. It's like a sort of like a Clockwork Orange type thing yes. where they're going to be brainwashed by uh, <laughs> by watching all these uh, all this Disney, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they finally come out, and it looks like they got Wednesday. She gives the most disturbing smile, I think. (laughs) 
any child could give and, yeah. and props to uh, Christina Ricci for <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like just the, the, the very slow <laughs> unveiling of that smile and yeah. like, her, her eyes are sort of bugging out and it's like oh god <laughs> and all the campers are kind of scared of her now <laughs> even more so uh, yeah, isn't she pretty? She's yeah. scaring me. <laughs> um, oh, they go into the nursery to find that the baby now looks like a little cherub, uh, which is just terrible for the Adamses. Uh. <laughs> um, and it's because he's, his, his family is falling apart, apparently. Um, Fester's gone. His, his siblings are gone, so... Um, he now is just like pink cheeked and, and blonde hair and it looks adorable to be honest, but, yes. <laughs> uh, just the worst for the Adams family. He could maybe one day be president. Debbie leaves a bomb, uh, on the table for Fester <laughs> for their anniversary, mm -hmm. uh, and then, uh, heads off to sort of make herself scarce, um, we get uh, to see the Thanksgiving pageant that Wednesday is now uh, taking part of seemingly happily. But then halfway through the pageant, Wednesday takes control and all of the kids playing the Chippewa tribe attack everybody. And it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, so great. Um, we get, uh, let's see. Oh, Debbie is uh, in a bar waiting for um, when the bomb should be going off. Uh, and we get a Tony Shalhoub cameo yeah. in there singing Macho Man with her. <laughs> so many people. Yeah. Um, she drives back and waits outside as uh, the house blows up. Uh, but, of course, Fester does not die once again. <laughs> um, so Debbie gives up. She pulls a gun on Fester. Um but then, uh, just at the right moment, Thing shows up <laughs> in a car, <laughs> driving somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. Huh. <laughs> and uh, runs her over. And um, at the same time, uh, Wednesday is escaping from the camp. And um, she says goodbye to Joel at the fence. Uh, and they... Uh, they get they get a little you know like thirteen year old kiss through the fence. Is that what old they are? I think they're like thirteen. Um, <laughs> Probably about that. Yeah. Pugsley uh, drives <laughs> shows up driving a van. <laughs> so <laughs> they get in, uh, and uh, we see uh, Debbie's uh, after Fester who got into the car with with Thing, um, and <laughs> Morticia at this point is reading the Cat in the Hat to uh, Hubert. And um, uh, as she gets to the end, she says, oh, no, he lives. <laughs> um, so everybody converges on the house. Fester is back. The kids are back. And Debbie is there with a shotgun. And so she gets everybody strapped into electric chairs, which I'd say, where did the electric chairs come from? Because it's the Adams Family House. So, of course, they have electric chairs. Just... Yes. <laughs> yes. They definitely have to have as many as family members. Yes. Then she evil villain monologues at them, complete with a slideshow. Oh, and so it's good. great. <laughs> What's that? So good. Yes. Her so monologue. Good. Yes. <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, she's, she's 
her, her, the first like uh, injustice that was done to her was when her parents got her a uh, Malibu Barbie instead of a uh, oh, what was ballerina. It? Oh, ballerina, not yeah, yeah. <laughs> ballerina Barbie. Uh, that's not who I was. Yeah. I was a ballerina. Yeah. <laughs> Graceful, delicate. <laughs> so she blew up her parents, and then she blew up uh, all of her her husbands after that. <laughs> um, For equally while... valid reasons. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they wouldn't buy her a car, or <laughs> yeah. Um. So at this point, the baby is the only one in the Adams family that is free. And after sort of making his way around the house, uh, he uh, ends up <laughs> sort of getting plopped down uh, right in front of the wires for the electrocution that Debbie is planning. Um, so just as Debbie flips the switch, he sort of rewires it and all of the electricity goes back into her and she gets burnt uh, to a, a pile of ash. <laughs> Too bad, because I actually think Debbie would work pretty well in the Adams family, uh, like as 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 a member. <laughs> like uh, if she could have just you know gotten over her desire to kill Fester. That's true. I suppose they they do have the same kind of hobbies and things. Yeah, <laughs> um, I do enjoy the moment. So the baby goes like it flies up into the air, mm -hmm. um, and it flies past the plane window of the parents that have all been traumatized oh, yeah. from the Thanksgiving pageant. And so you just see a baby flying past the window, but they've just, they've seen too much already. <laughs> and one of the mothers just closes the little window shade. Like it's just too much. They're not going to freak out. I just can't see anymore. It's just, no, no yeah, too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we wrap it up. Everybody is gathered for the baby's first birthday. Uh, including Joel, he's there. We end on a sort of uh, a, a, a jump scare, actually, uh, as, they're, as they're looking down at uh, Debbie's grave because she's she's buried on the family plot, obviously, because she was family. Um, <laughs> and uh, he uh, asks Wednesday, you know, what she would do if if, uh, if, if she ever saw like getting married, um, and what she would do if, if she found a man who would who would worship her the ground that she walks on, and she says that she would pity him. <laughs> Wednesday says that Debbie wasn't uh, wasn't sick; she was sloppy, and that if she wanted to kill someone, she would scare them to death. <laughs> At which point, uh, Joel tries to put some flowers over Debbie's grave, and then a hand jumps out and grabs him. <laughs> the end. <laughs> That's actually like the tingler. She's gonna scare him. To yeah. Death. Uh, oh, before that, there's also. Um, Margaret and Cousin It have, because they had a baby and they named it what? And they have a new nanny named Dementia, which looks oh, like yes. a lady version of Fester. So now Fester has a new, like, love interest. Yes. yes. So everything worked out. Yay! <laughs> Yay! So you came up with this idea to put these two movies together. And I think not only that it t they take place, like, kind of like after Halloween, like sort of a middle holiday movie. They also are very similar in tone in that a yeah. lot of movies that you would watch like around Halloween and like horror movies and stuff 
are like slasher films that are filled with like dread and tension and, and you feel that way and other movies are kind of more like Sleepy Hollow or Harry Potter that have like a very atmospheric feel to them that like mm. you're just like in this environment that may have like fog and stuff but the two of these together the way that they, that the characters are and stuff like that in this sort of macabre way have sort of just the opposite feel of things where they want to describe things as horrible but it's a positive Right, and yeah. that's so interesting, like the two together specifically, because it's not like that in most films that are horror movies or Halloween films. Most of them do not have that, but these two, like with the Adams family and like their view on life, and with Halloween Town and how yeah. they they see it in the Nightmare Before Christmas, are very much the same. Uh, that it's a really wonderful pairing to just have yeah. that. Just uh, it's interesting, and they yeah. both also sort of are great as like celebrations of uh like weirdness i guess yeah Mm -hmm. um uh but yeah i I think they both um and one of the reasons i like to watch them as like halloween movies is i i think of halloween as being like yes it's this sort of scary and weird and and creepy but also it's fun you know that's that's Mm -hmm. part of of the holiday is a sort of mischief and and uh merrymaking um so yeah (laughs) yeah all right. Should we talk about some food? Yes. Not like a crazy amount of food for these, but. No. Um, I do have pies written down for The Nightmare Before Christmas, and now I can't even remember why I have pies written down. But I also um, have poison soup, because obviously she tries to poison him with soup. Yeah. And I wrote down gingerbread men, because when Christmas Town is getting ready for Christmas, they're baking a bunch of uh, gingerbread men in there. You had made uh, little zero meringue cookies. Yes. Before. Um, I also think that little zero dog biscuits would be a good idea if people wanted to make like something for their dogs to enjoy. And then I made uh, Jack Skellington bow tie pasta um, in the shape of his little... It is adorable. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, yeah, to look like his little bow tie that he wears. Just because so many things have been done. Like you go on the internet and you like look and it's just because this movie was such a cult hit, they have made mm-hmm. everything for this movie. Yeah. So I was trying to find something that I hadn't seen out there. So, yes. Anyway, that's what I have. Do you have anything else for Nightmare that I missed? Um, I don't have anything else for Nightmare, no. Yeah. Okay. Um. So for... Uh, Adam's family. I we did make last year a, a gingerbread uh, Adam's family uh, house uh, from the live action movie. It looks slightly different than the Adam's family values house because, and I realize I'm the only person who noticed this because I made a gingerbread house out of it. But they changed the house between the movies. Oh, in the first one, the like, uh, what's it called? Solarium greenhouse oh, okay. on the side. Yeah has a flat roof and i know this because gomez plays golf off of the roof oh right <laughs> the yes greenhouse. yeah in the second one it has a like a curved roof like a con convex oh. roof on top that's the only difference but i just wanted to point that <laughs> okay you think people are going to come after you for that absolutely yes yeah <laughs> you're saying technically it's an adam's yeah. family house not an adam's family values house <laughs> All right, um, make a whole new one from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, in uh, the movie, again, there's not a whole lot of food. 
I think Buster sticks some breadsticks up his nose while he's on his double take. <laughs> yes, he does yeah. to try to yeah <laughs> be smooth for Debbie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, after the bachelor party, um, <laughs> Gomez makes for the baby a drink of a uh, raw egg, vodka, and what looked like maybe vinegar or Worcestershire sauce or something. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if it was hot sauce or what what was yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah. He calls it hair of the pup, and I looked it up, and there is a drink like this um, called an amber moon, um, which is uh, like a, 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 an egg, a vodka, and hot sauce. Um, but you don't shake up the egg. You keep it unbroken, and then you, like, swallow it all whole, and it's supposedly a hangover cure. Um, but... Also, if you wanted to make an actual drink that involved eggs and vodka, because, um, like, egg whites are actually pretty common in a lot of cocktails. Mm -hmm. You get sort of a, thro a frothy texture. Um, probably the most common would be, uh, like, a vodka sour. But I also found um, one that felt a little more uh, thematically appropriate called a Rosie Ramos? Rosie Ramos? It's on the Grey Goose website. Okay. But... Um, it's vodka, rose water, grenadine, um, and egg whites, obviously. And um, you garnish it with rose petals, which kind of reminded me of Morticia in the first Adam's Family movie, mm. like chopping the roses off. Um, oh, there's also one called a witch's brew cocktail on someone's someone's blog. I forgot to you can search for it, <laughs> um, which I thought. Uh, was a, a thematically appropriate name, but it's also like has pomegranate and maple syrup in it. Oh, which doesn't sound like it would work, but maybe it does. Who knows? Yeah, those both sound good. I feel like the one with the rose petals also like for a, a wedding night sort of thing. Yeah, seems. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I mean, it drinks always look so nice with the little foam on the top from the egg yeah. whites. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and I also thought it would be fun to make. Um, like something flambe for Thanksgiving. I couldn't find a lot of uh, recipes uh, for like side dishes or anything, but some people do uh, say you can flambe your turkey, just like basically pour some flaming cognac on top <laughs> for your presentation, <laughs> which, um, you know, since Pugsley was in the, the turkey dance, um, <laughs> oh, singing gosh. Eat Me. <laughs> Eat me. We make a nice buffet. <laughs> Chop off our legs and put them in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, after they uh, attack everyone, sort of they, they have like the, the sets have gone up in flames and they're uh, turning uh, everybody like the counselors over like a spit roast. I guess you could also just do like a, a pig roast maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or something like that. But yeah, those are my ideas for Adam's family life. Those are good. Those are good ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I have like some things written. I have like an apple written down and I have meatloaf written down. I think I just wrote down the foods that I saw and now I can't remember exactly how they... Yeah, they had apples in um, like all the like um, <laughs> the counselor's mouths and... Uh, oh, and right. Yes, when they were roasting yeah. them. Yes, yeah. that's that's <laughs> why I, I have that, that written down. Um yeah. Alrighty. This movie's so good. People should watch it. I hadn't watched these like movies since I was a kid, and mm -hmm. I really enjoyed them. I watched all three of them in the same day. Hey. Actually, 
All right. Grace, do you want to tell people where they can find us and uh, what our theme is for the next episode? You can find us on Instagram at movie underscore matchup or uh, some of our recipes on sugarednerd.com. And uh, our theme for the next episode will be the family that cons together stays together. Yay! Yeah. And until then, we hope you have more time to seek out the dark forces and join their hellish crusade.